I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And I'm Allison. We wanted to quickly reintroduce ourselves because the podcast has been blowing up lately, which we are so hyped about. But if anyone's new here, this will be a great episode for you to listen to, to get to know us. And one of our favorite things, which is travel, we'll be having Liza on. We'll introduce her later. But for now, I'm Allison. I have blonde hair. I'm the owner of New Wave. I live in Omaha. I like to run. My boyfriend is Clay. We had him on. We also had an episode about my store. I think back to like episode 19 and 20, something like that. So yeah, this is my voice. I'm Allison. And and my name is Kara. I am the person that posts on TikTok. <laughs> That's like my identity now. Um, so if you're coming from TikTok, let us know. Shoot us a DM on our Instagram. But yeah, no, I live in St. Louis, Missouri, 
long story short, I was living in New York City during COVID. I left and now I'm kind of working remote and building my social media management business while posting on TikTok, Instagram, and yeah, just kind of having a lot of fun with the freelance entrepreneurship life, which I'm drawing inspiration from Allison because she has the coolest clothing store ever. But yeah, we met what, in 2018, Mm -hmm. both travel. So we've traveled together. you're originally from Omaha. Yes. And you know, we have a whole episode about how we met. So you can get to know us on episode one, but yeah, we just have really popped off with the podcast. (laughs) So we're like, maybe we should just reintroduce ourselves. And if you are a serial listener, if you're back again for another episode, thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate your support and it helps us do what we love doing. Yeah. And we hope you guys stick around because I feel like we're both really living life right now. Like we're pretty happy. We're having fun. Like things are going really well. So hopefully we can keep riding that train and sharing all the goodness with you guys and helping you get to your next level selves and start new routines and make new friends. That's what we're here for. Yeah. We want to tap into the community that we're creating here because this podcast is founded on meeting people or listening to people like us and just feeling like you're already friends with them. So we had a meetup. We're hoping to do more meetups and we're hoping to find a way where we can build this community. We don't know if it's going to be a Facebook group or if it's just more meetups like that. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted because like we said, we feel like we've connected a really good small community of like-minded people who just like, I don't know, how would you describe our community? I just like people are really genuine, Mm -hmm. like down to earth people that a lot of them are creatives, passionate, young adults, finding their way through life and just looking for authentic connection about like much deeper than just like surface level friends. Yeah. The people that we've met so far that have loved the podcast are exactly what you said, finding their way through life. And we just want to be here, even though we haven't really gone that much (laughs) further, we want to be here as a resource and as someone that you guys can lean on. So... Yeah. And as always, we love getting your guys' input and we read all the DMs and a lot of our best topics for the podcast and stuff have come from questions and suggestions from you guys. So please, if you have a topic or anything you want us to cover, we would be happy to do an episode on it. We are always looking for new ideas and same with the meetups. Like we just, we're kind of like this new thing we're trying out, but if you guys have ideas and ways that you want us to connect with you, please, please let us know. We're very open to advice from you guys. Awesome. Well, I think we can hop into our peaks of the week. I have a really small one, but it was great. My peak of the week was Allison got us coffee this morning and she got me banana bread. So thank you. You're so welcome. And I didn't spill <laughs> any of it. I was seven minutes late, per usual, <laughs> but we're here. But it was for a kind act. Yeah, you know? it's for a good cause. <laughs> and it was from a local coffee shop, Archetype. We love them. Yep. Banana bread is bussin'. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, my peak of the week. Uh, oh, last night I w- was like really busy because I was trying to, you know, get everything for the pop or the meetup today and the store and it's just been busy. And Clay came over and he was like, how can I help you? And I was like, you don't have to help me. And he's like, it would just make me really happy if I could help you. What could I do? And I was like, oh, well, I need like everything vacuumed and I need these tags made and I need to take the trash out. And the sweet man just worked at the store for like two hours with me last night until like midnight and he was just doing stuff. And we were listening to the podcast that comes out today and editing it. And I feel like I mentioned him a lot of times in the episode and he was like, wait, this is so cute. And I was like, I just love you. But he's awesome. Play's the best. He, he came on. Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, definitely go listen to that episode if you haven't listened yet. Cause maybe you'll fall in love with him, which yeah, actually, is actually he's, not he's, the he's point. He's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a point of that episode, but you guys are awesome. So 
So what we do next is share your guys' peaks of the week. So make sure you send those in on our Instagram, which is also linked in the show notes. You can click on this episode's description, click over to our Instagram. But this peak of the week from one of our listeners is so, so special. It's actually my sister. She passed her nursing exam. So she's officially a registered nurse. Congrats, McKenna. That is so awesome. Congratulations, McKenna. So happy for you. We knew you'd pass. You knew you'd pass. I knew she'd she pass. went in like, I'm going to pass. It's going to be great. Yes. Confidence. A smart queen. Smart queen. So much science queen. <laughs> Maybe I'll let you do an IV for me at some oh my point. God. <laughs> Allison's gonna faint. Okay, next topic. <laughs> okay, so today's guest, um, you can go ahead and introduce her because you found her. Okay, yeah. So Eliza is a college student in Prague in the Czech Republic. She's from Connecticut, so she is American, and she's gonna talk about how she moved over there. We'll get all the details of how she became a European student. Um, but she just graduated and is now an ESL teacher, which is an English teacher for foreigners, Europeans. So she teaches English to non-English speakers, which is so cool. And she talks about it as well, but she's also a content creator and her TikTok account has grown to over 221,000 followers. She's gotten over 9 million likes, just sharing her insight on becoming a yeah college student in Prague. And she talks about solo travel, her mindset, And, you know, just we talked about a lot of fun travel stuff, but also just life tips in general. So, yeah, I was going to say, even if you don't want to study abroad, this episode was just really, really good. And I loved her content. Like her Instagram is so aesthetic and her TikTok videos are just so intriguing. Like I almost feel like it was like a Netflix series where I'm like, whoa, like this is the story of this girl that's like living abroad. And she's just so kind and sweet. And we kept talking to her forever, but... We didn't want to keep her from living her best life. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So with that, we'll get into it. Um, I'm Liza. I am originally from Connecticut, but I moved to the Czech Republic almost four years ago um, to go to college out here. Wait, it's been four years? Four years. Wow. That's so long. Uh, Yeah. It feels like forever. Pretty much my whole adult life has been over here. Yeah. And how old are you? I'm 22. She just took her finals, which you should tell us about this. This is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh my God. The, um, so the way we do exams out here. So in order to graduate, you have to pass like state exams because universities are accredited by the government. So you need to pass like a government exam in order to just get your degree. And so my university is like dual accredited. So I get like an American and a Czech degree. So the American degree, we just need to do a thesis and like, that's it. It's, I mean, it's not easy, but it's like a little bit less. And then for the Czech degree, you have to do your thesis, pass your thesis. And then you also have a like oral exam where you, uh, you have 30 minutes to talk about two random questions. You're given a list of like 20 questions and they'll choose two of those randomly. And you have to talk about them for like 15 minutes each. And then they'll like kind of attack your answer and like look for holes in your response or whatever. And yeah, they have like a board of, I think it was five professors who are like experts on it. And they just look for holes in your response and you have to defend it. And it's really scary. (laughs) It was so intense, but passed or good graduating. So that's nice. Wow. Hey, wait, do you have to do that in English? Or do you get to do it in English? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's in English. I did have one weird like exam that was in Czech, but I had a translator. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could not even imagine. So how is your Czech? 
uh, pretty awful, but I can get through a daily life. Okay, maybe like, you should tell us. I can kind of yeah. order a coffee. I can, if somebody approaches me on the street, I can explain that I don't speak Czech. <laughs> and it just throws them off because I explain it in Czech and it's basically the conversation goes like, do you speak Czech? No, I don't speak Czech, but you're speaking Czech right now. Yeah, I know, but I don't speak the language. And then they're just really confused. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't really know how to explain this. That's so funny. Maybe okay. you should give us like a picture of your life. Yeah. Daily Liza in Prague. It might be different now, I guess, because you just graduated. Yeah. I mean, it's still, well, the thing is I haven't been taking classes really since this time last year. I finished all my classes last year and then I've just been doing my thesis the past year. Cause like by doing that, I was able to keep my visa an extra year and I didn't have to do uh, like my thesis and stuff while taking other classes. So it's basically been just like working here for the past year and it feels very, like very normal. Plus like anything I did have was online. So since COVID it's just been totally different from before, but basically like daily life, I like, uh, wake up, you know, go for a walk. Um, I go to work, I teach English, so I have to go to work every day, usually like either first thing in the morning for babies classes or at some point in the afternoon with the older kids and, you know, deal with parents and kids and love the kids. We just finished our school year. And yeah, then on the weekends we have events. There's uh, always really cool events in Prague. So I'm always going to different stuff with my friends and yeah, it's nice out here. I love Prague. It's a really, really fun city to live in. And I think like really back, we should clarify, like you're a full on American citizen. You're not Czech. Yeah. So like anyone listening can do this. Yeah. Like, I yeah, feel no, like it's so easy. I feel well, like we should talk about that. Easy is maybe an understatement. Yeah. 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 Like the like process. How to get out here. Yeah, yeah. And maybe yeah. like your background because we saw the TikTok that you, what, went so viral. You explained you were looking at colleges and it seemed to be a cheaper option than some of the like universities in the US. So here, tell us that story because yeah. that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. So basically when I was like 16, 17 years old, you know, you start looking at colleges and as you look at colleges, you look at like the price and it's just like mind boggling how expensive, like even just one year of tuition is like, we were looking at that and there's like, like, there's no way we could afford like 60,000 a year, like even like 20 or $30,000 a year. Like that is just astronomical. And so, you know, it was kind of like, okay, like, I guess I'll like do community college for a year and then maybe get a scholarship and try to find like cheap alternatives. And then one day me and my mom were in the car, like going to gymnastics practice and an NPR article comes up on the radio and they were like, Americans are going to Germany to avoid college debt. And we were like, oh, whoa, like that sounds cool. So we started looking at universities in Germany and talking to anybody we knew out there, which wasn't many. I knew one person who we like talked to people in town, found one person who was doing it and she didn't really explain much. We were just kind of like, okay, so still lost. Don't really know what we're doing. And ended up finding this like a uh, college counselor online who like is specifically for Americans going to Europe. And she introduced us to the university that I applied to and ended up going to. And uh, yeah, I ended up just applying. I only applied to one school. Um, luckily I got in and uh, yeah, moved there within like a few months after applying. It was pretty chaotic figuring out how to do a visa. Like I've never lived abroad. I had never spent more than like two or three weeks out of the US before then. And I just kind of packed up and went and had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> Do you feel like that was good that you just like jumped ship and went before you had time to like process like missing family or like missing an American college experience? Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought about that. I figured like if I was going to go abroad, I either like what I wanted from university was either like the really stereotypical like American college experience that you hear in movies and you see all that. 
or I wanted the complete opposite. (laughs) I wanted to like do something totally different. And I ended up going for the different thing, obviously. And I'm so glad that I did. But, you know, I was so young and I had so little experience with this. I don't think I even like some of the stuff that I was going to deal with. Like, I just never even like, like thought about it never crossed my mind. It was things like, like, I. I don't know, culture shock. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get culture shock. And even for the first like six months, I was like, I don't have culture shock. No. And I look back and I was like, oh my God, I was such a baby. Like I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and just like being an adult, you're really, it's like becoming an adult at the same time. There's a lot less like kind of handholding from uh, universities, I think in some ways, because our dorms aren't like affiliated with uh, the university. I was living in just like a dorm in the city. So there was no like no supervision from the university. No one was, was making you like breakfast. The university. <laughs> yeah, it was like t- completely just like being jumping into like being a full adult. Yeah. I really looked into doing my master's in the Netherlands. So would you let's say a lot of people, you know, did their bachelor in the United States. If someone was looking like, okay, maybe I'll go do a master's in Europe. Do you have any suggestions or thoughts about that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm starting my master's in the fall and uh, I'm doing it in, I think Belgium. I'm still waiting on like a full confirmation from the university, but like, that's what I'm thinking. And I definitely like, I totally recommend it. Cause I think that so far from what I can tell, there's a lot of value in it, especially because you gain, like, depending on what, like, career you're going into, or honestly, we live in such a globalized world that I think like a global perspective is valuable in almost any industry now. And like just gaining that experience and that like perspective will just, you know, and it'll be really good for your career, but it'll also really make you stand out for like your career and like applications or whatever. Like it really just sets you apart from like everybody else. Yeah. I mean, the reason we're having you on this podcast right now is because you went to school there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's you like have pretty much that everything unique. that's happened to me in the past year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about that. So you got out there, obviously, I don't know how often you're posting on Instagram and stuff, you know, your first couple of years, but your online presence has kind of exploded as an international student expert, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is like, yeah, it's weird because I was always like helping people I knew kind of figure out, navigate this and get out there. But before I posted like my first TikTok, I didn't have any real presence online. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden just kind of blew up. And I had like hundreds of people being like, oh my God, I want to do this. Help me. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. Like there's a lot of pressure. Like, I don't know if I should be giving everybody advice, but it just kind (laughs) of took off and people went for it. And then people started to like follow me over here. And I've met like multiple people who actually picked up their lives and moved over here. And I was like, no way. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm like, I don't, I cannot believe you actually did that. I'm like, why are you listening to me? But you know, it worked out for them. It seems like it's working out. So maybe it's not so bad that they're listening, but it's really cool. Did they come to Prague specifically or just Europe as a whole? Yeah, there's people in Prague, but I've also met, um, there's one girl who is moving to France in the fall and I've heard of a few people going to like Germany and the Netherlands as well and messaging me being like, you changed my life. I'm going here now. And I'm like, whoa. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. So cool. I just feel like people don't even know that that's an option, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's not something they advertise in your high school counselor's office. Or they probably just think it's going to be way more expensive. So they're like, oh, I mean, that would be a Mm -hmm. dream, but 
I could never afford yeah. that. So maybe do you want to talk about the finances? Because I've been to Prague and yes, oh, yeah. the Czech Republic, so affordable. I remember going to the grocery store and piling up like so many things. And then I got my total and I was like, this is it? Am I doing the conversion wrong? Like this is so cheap compared to the United States. So maybe yeah. talk no, about- No, that was like the first thing. Yeah, that was like the first thing I noticed here too was when I went to the grocery store and I was like, holy shit, like I can buy so much food and like eating out and everything. It's so cheap. But even like- I didn't realize when I first moved here that like just rent and living expenses is so much less just being here. Like I spoke to my friends when they started renting apartments too, and I was mind blown at the rent. And they're like, no, that's, I got like a good deal. Like that's pretty average. And I was just like, I can't, I can't even fathom spending that much on rent. Like it's really, it's really affordable just living, but also like tuition is a fraction of the price, what it would be in the U S like I think at AAU, they raised it since I've gotten here, but I think I paid about $6,000 a year. So about 3000 per semester and wow. paid that all like out of pocket. I didn't have to take out any loans. Like I was able to work my way through college and I'm completely like debt free, which is, that was like the goal coming out here. I didn't want to be in mm-hmm. debt. I didn't want to have like all sorts of loans to pay off for, you know, the rest of my life with this. So that worked out really well. And it's what I probably am doing next semester too. Um, cause the university I'm going to next semester is only, I think for the year, it might be per semester, but for the year, I think it's only 1,500. Oh so, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. If you're looking at the Netherlands, they have great schools and they're also super affordable. My brother goes to school there and it's way more affordable. Yeah. I was going to say, you should talk about your brother. Too, because I oh, yeah. realized, because you told me that he was going out there as well. Mm-hmm. He's starting the fall. Yeah, he goes to, mm-hmm. yeah, he goes to a really good university. I'm so proud of him. Like big, proud older sister. But he, uh, he goes to Leiden University in The Hague and he goes to, uh, it was like a program that's numerous fixes. So they only let in like a, f- like a certain amount of students and they like basically rank the students and whoever's oh. like below a certain uh, rank gets in. And or like above a certain rank or whatever. And uh, yeah, he got in, he goes to a really good school and now he's in their honors program as well, which was like even more exclusive. And it's one of the best, one of the best schools in, um, in Europe, if not like in the world, which is like what people don't think about also how like universities over here are really good. I always get people mm-hmm. being like, yeah, but the best universities are in the world, but I'm like, or in the world or in America. I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't going to get into Harvard or Yale. So why don't I go to a really good university in Europe where I'll stand out and get a really good education, you know? Yeah. You can't tell me that. Is it University of Prague? Is that what it's called? Uh, My university is Anglo-American University. Yeah. You can't tell me like Mizzou in Anglo-American. Like, you know what I mean? Like a big state school. Yeah, They're probably Mm -hmm. exactly the same. Like on, you know, it's all marketing. They want you to think that mm-hmm. you need to go to the U.S. But yeah, there's so many yeah. opportunities Plus everywhere. Plus we have like, we have sister schools. Our sister school or like one of our partner schools in the U.S. is like Chapman University in mm-hmm. California. And it's like, we actually do like a program where you can get your MBA at AAU. And it re- I think you receive it from Chapman. So it's accredited through Chapman, but you pay like way less than you would in at, like actually going to Chapman. That's so crazy. Okay. What degree did you get? I got humanity, society, and culture. Do you feel like so, you were like really frazzled trying to figure out which degree to go for, or did you just pick that one? I, well, okay. So I started in journalism because I thought that 
I wanted to be a journalist and then realized I don't actually know what I want to do with my life. So I went for the most broad degree that I could, which was society and culture, which is literally just like everything. So it was very like social sciences. And I'm really, I mean, now I'm really glad that I chose it because it applies to so many majors or so many master programs. And one thing about getting your master's in Europe is like, they really look for a relevant bachelor's because they really see it as like a continuation of your bachelor's. So like, they really want your, your bachelor's to be really relevant. And, um, yeah, like I'm glad that I can apply it to so many different options for my master's. So I'm actually really glad that I like got that basis. Do you have any examples of other really relevant bachelors that would be good? Cause I feel like a lot of our listeners, there's like two categories of our listeners. There's mm-hmm. ones that haven't gone to college yet. And then ones that are like our age that are maybe just graduated college and are like, do I go into the workforce? Do I continue more education? Mm-hmm. So maybe some mm-hmm. advice for them. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you want to do. I think that going abroad, there's definitely certain degrees that really work for it and some that it might be more of a challenge. Like I know that going to med school can be a little bit tricky because you have to take more exams if you want to go back to like your home country, um, like if you want to go back to the U.S. And then also like if you want to stay and practice medicine here, like it can be hard because there's a language barrier. So you'll have to like learn the language. Um, But then there's degrees like humanities or degrees that work for careers that you can do anywhere. Like a lot of tech stuff, you can do that anywhere. Anything where you can like be a digital nomad and work remote, like those are all degrees that you can do internationally. Um, plus like international relations is wildly popular among international students. So almost like, I think the biggest degree program at my university is international relations. Almost like half the school is doing that or business. So any of that works really well. Cause if you're going to live internationally and it's like your plan to stay abroad, or if when you return to your home country, you want to work in like an international field or some sort of field that requires like knowledge of the world and, you know, the globalized world, then that's definitely going to be something relevant that you should go for. Also on that point, you know, that we have different listeners at different stages of their lives. Maybe they don't want to commit to school. I know you've talked about getting a language learning visa. I feel like you should talk about that because that is the coolest thing ever. And it's kind of like hacking Mm -hmm. the visa system to go live abroad for like a year. Okay. There's so many things like that. Yeah. Um, I know there's actually another TikToker who does uh, her, um, she does a language learning visa in Italy. And so she's getting, she's like working on learning Italian and she's there on a visa for that. And I don't know all the specific details, but I know that like in Czech Republic, I believe it's just the same student visa. So if you're studying in like uh, an accredited university, but studying the language, then you can get a, um, you can get a visa for that or in Italy. And I think also in Germany, they offer separate visas where you just, you applied to go to school to like learn the language and it could be like way cheaper than a university or it's just like less commitment. Like you're not getting a full degree or just like, I mean, just learning a language isn't easy, but it's not as like intense as doing a full degree. So yeah, you can just go abroad, learn a language and language learning is so valuable also for career, like pretty much any career having a second language is going to be really valuable. Yeah. So you could go move there, take what, eight credit hours, maybe even less Mm -hmm. a class. Yeah during this like the school year and then go teach English or go au pair or something. Yeah, that was going to mm-hmm. be my next thing. So do you teach 
English through the school or is that a totally separate connection that you found? Totally separate. It's just like, it started as just kind of like, I mean, it still is part-time, but I started doing it just like a few hours a week um, at a, a language school. It's like a specific language school. So it's a common like after school program sort of thing that kids do where, you know, in the US, we usually go to sports. A lot of kids here go to English class and they do it in addition to like their elementary school education. And yeah, they come for like, the kids come for an hour and we just kind of play games and follow the curriculum that like, it's nice because I don't have to make the curriculum. I just follow it. Mm -hmm. And so I just go in there and play with the kids for an hour. It's full immersion. So I don't need to know any of like the native language. You just go in and hang out with the kids for a while. It's really fun. And um, it's probably one of the best paid positions for an English speaker abroad in almost any country because it's really people really want native speakers teaching their kids or themselves English so they really like it's really common that they're looking for that so let's say you didn't want to do school at all like speak for someone else could they just go there just do that and how long of a visa 90 days or could you extend it even further if you were just teaching English usually they're looking for people for like a full year and so what you could do like for example, here is because usually language schools aren't like if you are if you don't have a degree from that country, you need to get a sponsor for a job. And that can be difficult because uh, unless you're someone who's really, really specialized in what you're doing or working for a company that doesn't really care about money, which I can't really think of many companies like that. But if they're, you know, just kind of letting anybody come over, they'll sponsor you, but it's expensive. So for language learning, at least in Czech Republic, what you need to do is get a trade license here. It's called like a Zivnostinsky list. And um, you get a Zivnost or trade license, and that allows you to work there legally. And it's like, that gives you residency for however long you can renew it. But because once you have that, like, I'm pretty sure you can just keep renewing it for as long as you like, like, there's not going to be a limit to how long you can work there on that. But it's difficult to get set up from abroad. So I know a lot of people who came here as a student and kind of just got to know the like the job market and what kind of jobs are available here. And then Even if they decided not to get their degree, they either got like like they started their own business or they got a job here or they went for like the trade license and started doing more trade work. And yeah, and then they just switched their visa over to that and started working on that. But you need like it depends like some usually you need some sort of like work visa and that can be a little tricky to set up, but it's not impossible. Okay, going off what you just said there, too, about starting your own business. When I was looking into trying to move to the Netherlands, it almost seemed like it was easy to start my own business than to get a job there. Do you feel like that's right? Yeah, I think actually it can be. And also in Portugal, they have really good deals for that. Like I know that. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yeah. Especially because for countries that are like losing workforce, like if they have an aging population, they're losing like the working population. And so they're really trying to attract uh, highly educated immigrants who will you know, start a business, start a company, bring more money in, especially like if it's uh, some sort of company that is going to be bringing in like foreign money, not just from like within their country. So like, you know, with, I know, um, like I was thinking about getting, cause I need to get my TikTok stuff set up as <laughs> a business because I don't think I'm doing anything legally right now. I have no idea, but I think I'm going to do it here and it'll probably get approved because I'm bringing a lot of money in. I'm, I get, like almost no money from the Czech Republic. It's all coming from the U.S. and other countries for sponsorships. So they really like it when you're bringing in that foreign money. 
That's cool. I think we should talk about next. So you're in Europe, you're in the Czech. Tell us about some of the other adventures you've been able to go on in that area. Because I'm sure you can do so many weekend trips. I saw you went to Greece last summer. That looked amazing. Yeah, it's great. Like I, that's one of the best parts about Czech Republic is it's so central. So to get anywhere is really cheap. Like I've gotten flights to Spain for like $30. I saw a flight to Belgium the other day for literally $8. My heart. I was like, imagine flying to literally two states over one, at least like 150. Oh yeah. Easily. That would be cheap. That'd be like, oh my gosh, 150. Yeah. That would be a steal. $8. That's yeah. It's amazing. It's like the best part. I can't even imagine like paying 150 to just fly within the country. Oh my God. But yeah, it's, it's so cheap and it's so easy too. Cause like, like if you want to take a bus somewhere, I mean, a bus with the student discount is 50 cents at most. Like I can go to another Czech city for next to nothing. And a lot of times we'll just go and we'll go explore some other city around here. Cause all the cities outside of Prague are really cute as well. So me and my friends will do weekend trips a lot, but to go to like Greece, nothing to go to Croatia, Turkey. I've been like all over the place now and it's always so affordable. Like it's, and it's easy cause you're right there. So it's like, it's not like you have to plan, you know, a whole day for travel. You can really, I've, I went to Greece with my cousin for her birthday once and it was literally like we woke up in the morning and by like 12 o'clock we were on the beach. It was just so easy. Yeah. We're I'm rethinking some things. Um, <laughs> we got our wheels turning. <laughs> you said to like being a student, isn't it right that uh, in Europe, you're a student until you're 25, like, like you're a young adult student. And so you get discounts like at museums or other things for just being younger. Yeah. Do they not do that in the US? You don't get like young well, adult Well, I mean, stuff? but I think it's only until you're like, you have to actually be a student. Like, let's say you were going oh, okay. to like buy a plane ticket. You don't just like get a or like, because a bus ticket, you have a young adult price, right? Isn't there just different? It de- I think it depends on the company. Sometimes okay. they do. It's usually less than, like I have an ISIC card and that's like international student identification something. I don't know. But it's like my ID card as a student and you can get it until you're like, I think until you're 25 or something. And it gives you uh, like just discounts for being an international student or I don't think it's even international students. I think it's just that it's used internationally. And so, yeah, it's like your discount card for being young, which is like, nice. There are no student discounts anywhere here. Yeah, not but really. I like recently went to Costa Rica and forgot my student discount. And there were so many trail hikes, museums where they're like, are you a student? It's free. Yeah. Like, Why didn't I bring my University of Missouri card? I'm so mad at myself because I still have it. Yeah. I just remember because I, I went to Europe this summer. Well, the time that I was for a long time, the summer between freshman year and sophomore year. And I happened to have my Nebraska card. And I feel like everywhere I went, it was like, I just showed that. And then like it's you free. said, it was free. Nothing like that here. That, yeah. We have like the most random discounts. Sometimes I keep it in my wallet <laughs> all the time, just cause like sometimes I'll go out, like out to pizza and it'll be like one pizza free. If you're a student, like with your ISIC card or actually going into clubs a lot, they do student discounts, which is really nice. Like you go in and it's free entry for, if you have your card with you, which is super nice. So we do, I just always keep it on me. That's you're so cool. going to be like a serial, what do you call it? A serial user of your student card. You're gonna, like going to be like 28 and be like, yeah, no, no, that's still me. I'm I'm still in there because isn't that a thing here that people like try to use their college card for way too long? Um, AKA me, <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah. me. But what's your favorite 
place you've been on like a weekend trip or what are some of the coolest countries or even cities that you've seen? Oh gosh. Um, I always love anything down by the Mediterranean. I've been to Greece, I think three times now. I can't stop going. I love it down there. And I went for like a solo trip in the fall and that was, or end of summer, fall. And that was amazing. Before that, I went with my cousin and both times it's just always so much fun. Like, I don't think you can go to Greece and not have fun. Like no matter what, I'm just like happy down there. And then I also did a road trip in Spain. That was super fun. Me and my friends just like loaded into, okay, we rented a minivan thinking it was going to be like American sized minivan, but like their minivans aren't even, they're like literally mini. They're like a normal sized (laughs) car. And so we thought that we were going to like spread all of our stuff out and be able to sleep in there comfortably, but we were not comfortable. It was so like, we're just cramped up in our seats, but like, it was still a really good time. It was just like, we just looked at the picture of the car and assumed it would be way bigger than it was. It was tiny, but it was still really fun. We got to see all the like small towns and kind of like, we usually just kind of drove all night, slept on the beach in the day. It was beautiful. Um, And then Turkey as well. I love Turkey so much. Istanbul is just so beautiful. And I went to Cappadocia, which is like that place where you see people take the photos with all the hot air balloons. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It was amazing. And I went to, I ended up knowing people down there or like had some random connections through people to um, some tour guides and they knew there's like, you know, those photos where people um, are always on rooftops and they're they're like sitting with like their most perfect breakfast and the hot air balloons are behind them. Like every influencer ever has taken one of those photos. <laughs> yes, I'm, I have the whole yeah. scene and right you in have, my head. <laughs> yep, exactly. And the hotel you stay in to get on those roofs are like astronomical. It's like $200 a night or something ridiculous. Mm. And I, so luckily I stayed in like a $10 a night hostel down the street, but the tour guide that I knew knew the owner of one of the hotels. And so he took me up there for free, which was awesome. Like total hack. And all the food on those tables are fake. They're all plastic. It's a totally fake scene. There are lines of people lining up to take the photos and like fighting over who gets to go next. I was like standing in the background like, whoa, this is so intense. Like it was just so fake. I And I also showed up like everybody's in like literal ball gowns and I'm in like jeans and a t-shirt. I was like, <laughs> I am so out of place here. This is so wrong. It was beautiful, but I was like, this is like so intense. And we actually left really quickly because I was like, okay, I got my photos. I'm getting out of here. This is like scary. Um, my jaw's dropped. So crazy. I had no idea. Me either. Me either. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, ha- maybe this is like the same as those giraffe. Um, I don't want to like out the particular influencers, but I'm sure you're thinking of the exact people that I am. The couple. I don't know. Go on. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell a story. But now I'm like, oh, were the giraffes peeking through the window fake? Are these stuffed giraffes? Like, is everything? Oh, like that breakfast where the giraffes come in? Yes. I know exactly that photo. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about this. Instagram versus reality. How many times have you guys been traveling and like you were so excited to get to like this picturesque place? Like I have one in mind. In Bali, there's like this temple and there's always this shot where there's like the reflection of the temple on the bottom half of the frame and then the top and you stand underneath the temple and I was like, this is so cool. I'm going to go there and like see you get there and it's literally like a mirror on the ground and there's a line of 50 people like waiting to get that shot because someone set it up Mm -hmm. for like the perfect Instagram 
And then it became a thing ever since. Yeah. And it, it like really killed my vibe. I was like, wait, this is not nearly as magical as I thought it was going to be. It's so sad. I think that's- There's also that place in Bali where it's like the arch and whatever, like that I always see photos to people doing like silhouette kind of photos between and it's a golf course. Yeah. It's not even like a yes. temple or anything. It's a golf course. <laughs> it's a literal yeah. golf course. No, I, we like met a random local, who like took us around all day and I was like, Made, do you know this place? And he was like, Kara, that's literally a golf course. And I was like, well, is it on the way? He's like, yeah, it is. We can stop. I'm like, okay, cool. Gosh. Back to going to all these other places that you've been. It reminded me that when I traveled, how many people you really, really meet and that you can make those connections forever. Like, I feel like the bond just goes so deep so quickly. Like you meet this random person at a hostel in Greece that happens to like live in France. And then they're like, yeah, come stay at my place. Like we'll meet up and then you go and then you actually do it. And I feel like you just don't have this, that in America as much. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you just like connected with so many people like really deeply very quickly? Yeah. I mean, there's people that I've been like following on Instagram for years since I ever, since I like started traveling. And I remember right after, or right as I was about to leave, um, I did a six month exchange in Malaysia and right as I was about to leave this Australian guy that I met in Poland, like three years before that messaged me. He's like, Hey, I'm moving to Malaysia in a few weeks. Like, are you going to be around? And I was just like, like you meet these crazy connections and it makes the world so small. So small. Cause like you see them again, which is crazy. Cause mm-hmm. you, I would never expect to like see that Australian guy ever again. But once you get that social media connection, you, it's like forever. We're like forever friends. Literally one time when I was in Amsterdam, I met this girl, her name was Camille. We were like at the club. She was so cute, so stunning. Didn't think anything of it really after that. And didn't even get her social media. When I was in Croatia, we were like walking down the street and she was like, shut the fuck up. And we like hugged yeah. and we were like, how is this possible? But it, and she was like Australian too. The Aussies are everywhere. They got it going <laughs> on, but oh yeah, it really does. You just end up having connections everywhere. And then that kind of sets you up for life. Cause then it, down the line, when you want to start traveling more, like I have friends all over the world. I can go and stay with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open job opportunities. Like yeah. so go to their yeah, country. I was in the local. Yeah. I was in um or was I I was in The Hague and I was visiting my brother and while I was there I ended up running into three people that I knew from Malaysia. I was I I was planning on meeting one of them. And then another girl messaged me. She's like, what? You're in the Hague right now? I live here. And so I met up with her. And then I was in a cafe getting breakfast with my brother. And I hear like someone behind me in like a thick French accent go, Liza, is that you? And I turn around and it was my friend Anthony. And I hadn't seen him and had no idea he was there. But we ended up being in the same city, same restaurant. Like, And I was like good friends with him. Like we made a documentary together. I just had no idea he was there. Oh and my gosh. we just like ran into each other in the most random spot. It's The world is literally so small. It's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. I have goosebumps because it's just giving me the travel bugs so bad. I know. I'm <laughs> literally about to show up at your apartment, Liza. Like you don't even know. <laughs> oh my God. You're welcome. Anytime. Please come visit. Something Liza said in my like pre-interview with you mentioned solo travel and that's something Allison's very passionate about. She gets up and just leaves and goes on the most amazing trips. I'm looking to explore solo travel more. So tell us about your experience traveling alone for someone who's maybe never done that kind of myself. I've only ever done like a day trip of myself in Madrid. And that was very, you know, nothing like solo travel. Like what are the first steps? How can someone explore that? Oh, you definitely need to go for it. I feel like it's like, 
it, it's like formative going on solo trips, like and getting mm-hmm. to know yourself in that way. Cause like, I think my first kind of solo ish trip was just like, I went to, um, Tanzania when I was like 16, I think. And I went there, I was meeting, I was like meeting other high schoolers, but I didn't know any of them. So that kind of like got me started. And I think what like made me feel more comfortable with traveling solo when, like when I got older and then my first like real solo trip, I was going to Poland where I met those Australian guys. Um, when I like first moved here, I think I had been here for like two months and I think it's just like what like made me feel better about it was just like realizing how easy travel is and how, you know, once you go for it, it's not at all as bad as you thought. I mean, even just like, like the first time you go into an airport when you're not with your parents and you realize that like airports aren't as stressful as you thought they were, like, it's just like that sort of feeling again, where you realize like, this isn't as hard as I expected. It's not as scary as I expected. And plus you've already traveled a ton. So you already know, like, you know, the ropes, you know how to like get around traveling and all that. It's not going to be like that much more different to be without anybody. So I feel like you're going to really be able to focus on just kind of like being alone and seeing, seeing like who you are when you're alone and like what you do and what kind of person you are when you're, you know, not with anybody in a totally foreign place. And like, yeah, just kind of getting to be alone with your thoughts. It's a great feeling. And I think you even notice more of your surroundings when you're by yourself. Cause if you're with your friends and you're say like walking down through like an old district, you're probably distracted a little bit, hanging out with your friends, taking pictures, like drinking your coffee. But if you're by yourself, you're just so much more aware of, wow, look at that like cool detail on that building or look at that little shop. I didn't even see that door there. And you can just be much more immersed in the culture. Don't you feel like if you're by yourself? Absolutely. And also you like, you, I feel like I meet way more people that way. Like when I'm traveling with friends, I'm just with my friends. But as soon as I go alone, I end up meeting a ton of people. Like when I went to Greece, I ended up staying in this, what's great is like, you don't have to plan anything in accordance to like other people's expectations of the trip. So I went like completely for myself and I ended up staying in this tiny town with a population of like 90 people. I Googled it afterwards because it was so small. And the last census that was taken was in like 1994 and there were 90 people there. And I was like, there's no way there's even 90 now. (laughs) There were so few people. I ended up like meeting a bunch of random locals. And there was one guy who spoke English and he had like lived in California. And so he he was super excited to speak to an American and you have just meeting these like group of older Greek people and chatting with them for like a few hours. And it's just like, you never, like if I was with a friend, I'd probably be like, oh, hi. Yeah. Bye. Like you don't like actually take the time to meet people and get as immersed in the culture. I agree. Don't you feel like over there, people are excited that you're from America? How you said that guy like was like, wait, I was from California. I want to talk to you. Like the stereotype of foreigners hating Americans. There's definitely like, if you're going to be a loud, obnoxious American at a restaurant, yeah, we're probably going to get some looks. But I feel like for the most part, people are so interested, like why you're over there and they like want to know about you. Oh yeah, especially when I was traveling this summer because they were like, I thought Americans weren't allowed. I was like, oh well, I have residency in the Czech Republic. People were really confused. They're like, how are you here right now? And I was like, well, it's because I like don't live there. But um, yeah, the people are like, especially when you're solo traveling, I feel like when you're in a big group, they're like, ugh, tourists, like mm-hmm. college age students, whatever, like we don't want you here just to party, whatever. But when you're solo, people are so excited to meet you and they're so like interested to hear your, hear your story and all that. And especially in places like I feel like the further south you go, people get, you know, more excited about that. Sometimes I go like to the Netherlands, whatever. They're like, ah, oh, another American or like mm-hmm. whatever, like to green, uh, to uh 
Germany, they're like, yeah, another one. But when you're solo and you're further south, people are like, oh, wow. Especially in Kosovo. I don't know if anybody's been to Kosovo, but I've been to Kosovo twice. And they're always so excited to meet Americans down there. So excited. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, if we think of ourselves as Americans here and someone from France, you see them and you're like, wait, I want to know everything about you. It's just mm-hmm. so captivating. But I want to go mm-hmm. back quickly to the solo travel thing. I, it's such a brave thing to travel alone as a female do you ever feel unsafe or like, how do you go about, I don't know, being afraid or if you're not afraid, overcoming that? I feel like listening to my instincts a lot. I think that I've definitely like, I, I feel like I get hard on myself sometimes because I'm like, like I'll just like, if someone uh, is like, oh, let me show you around. And I don't feel like it's like, sometimes I'll be like rude to random people because I like don't get a good vibe and I'll be hard on myself. I'm like, why was I rude there? Like I should have been nice, but I think it's like, super important to just listen to your intuition and, you know, the kind of vibes that you pick up from people. Cause I've definitely had really cool experiences traveling where, you know, I just feel comfortable around someone and I go for it. And I end up like, like meeting cool people, having cool experiences. Like when I went to that rooftop in, uh, in Istanbul, I just like, that was some random tour guide, but on that same trip, I, there was, um, a friend of a friend who came with me. Um, and I was like, I kind of wanted to do this whole trip alone, but he was like very insistent on coming with me. And so I was like, if you really want to come, like you can, I was kind of hoping this would be a solo thing, but like, if you want to, you can, he was like, he's like, no, no, like women shouldn't travel alone. And that was like, definitely a very bright red flag that I should have been like, no, don't come with me. But I was like, okay, well you've been cool this week. So like, I don't mind if you really want to come. And then after we got there, he was just like, mm, super rude. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, if you want to leave, you can leave. I don't really want you here anymore. And he ended up just like moving to a different hostel and staying in a different hostel. And I was like, that's fine. Like, if you don't want to be here, whatever, yeah. like, I didn't really invite you. So I think that it's just important to listen to your intuition. Cause I should have listened to myself and been like, no, don't come with me. Like I should have just kind of been firm with that. But yeah, that's definitely a lesson that I learned was like, you know, stick to your, your senses and don't always trust everybody. Yeah. And I think being assertive when the occasion arises that, you know, you're not someone to be messed with. Like, mm-hmm. I really feel like the way you carry yourself in those situations, like if you're someone that's like, no, I'm good. Thanks. Like, instead of being like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm so sorry. Like that really does mm-hmm. stop someone. Cause they're like, okay, I'm not going to mess with this chick. Like she clearly can hold her own. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. that carrying tone, yourself confidently. Yeah. yeah. That's something even just like walking down the street. Mm-hmm. I think that's something you definitely have to learn when you're traveling is like, sorry, you can't care about everyone's feelings. And if you offend mm-hmm. them because your safety can genuinely be in question. And if it is being rude to someone who's just giving you weird vibes and then maybe you feel bad about it later, it's like, no, that's definitely more worth it than, I don't know, maybe they pickpocketed you because you trusted them or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but they were, they were going yeah. out of their way to insert themselves into your space. So I think it's okay if you're like, no, I, you're not welcome in my bubble. Like, please stay over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But have you Absolutely. as a solo female really ever had any instances where you felt unsafe in hostels or like walking around at night? For the most part, honestly, I've felt good. Like, I think that, I mean... I usually try to avoid getting drunk. My first time solo traveling when I went to Poland, I got so drunk. That was stupid. <laughs> Learned quickly not to do that. Nothing bad happened. I ended up being like totally fine. Just like, I know that the people that I was with got me back to the hostel and they were just like, okay, go to bed. I was like, 
okay, whatever. And it was totally fine, but nothing really awful bad has ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been pickpocketed. I've always been like very aware of my surroundings. I think like the worst thing that has happened was when I was driving a scooter in Greece and I fell over. I wasn't moving. I just fell over. Like, <laughs> it's just like really hard to pick those scooters back up. They're really heavy. And so I was on like a gravel road and it just got scraped up a little bit, but nothing really that bad has happened. It's just kind of, yeah, been pretty good. I'm, I think I'm lucky with that. But at the same time, I think that people get really scared of solo travel and get scared that it's dangerous and that people are out to get you. And as soon as they know you're a foreigner, they're going to take advantage of you, especially when you're alone and you're a woman. But for the most part, everybody that I've met has been more like, oh, let me show you around, like super excited, want to get to know you, want to help you. Like more people are willing to help you than are like want to harm you for sure. Yeah. And when you're traveling alone, I think you realize how many other people are traveling alone and everybody's being very vulnerable. Like you can all relate and you meet a lot of people in that same situation and in the same boat. And they definitely, I don't know. I feel like every hostel I've been to, all the solo travelers find friends within minutes if they want, you know? Yeah. That to me is one of the biggest perks of traveling alone. And like you said, you don't have to do something on someone else's accord. Like you can meet people at the hostel and be like, okay, yeah, dope. Like let's go grab lunch. And then you're like, okay, peace out. Like I'm going to go do my thing the rest of the day. And it's just so nice to, you kind of have 10 different friends that you're traveling with. Like if let's say you go to Greece for a week, you can hang out with this group of people at this hostel for the day. Then the next day you can go and do this thing with this group of people to where if you just go with one friend or your significant other to Greece, like you're kind of having the same day with the same vibe of people the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really nice to like switch it up. Like there's times where I've like literally hung out with like 70 year old grandmas for like a whole day <laughs> in different countries. And like how you said, like with the people in Greece, like it's just so mm-hmm. sweet to do something like that, that you would not do normally if you were with someone else. Yeah. And that's just, what's great about hostels too, is you meet so many people. I feel like people are so like hesitant to stay in hostels, but honestly, like I've met the coolest people in hostels. I've heard of people having like bad experiences in hostels, but I've never had any real bad experiences happen. And I feel like it's just such a good opportunity to meet people. Like it's one of the best parts of solo travel, honestly, because you meet so many cool people and the people who stay in hostels are usually just like really open, friendly people who want to like get to know other people and want to make friends. And it's just like, it's the best kind of space to really meet new people and have really cool adventures that like you never would have if you were just alone. Yeah. And for anyone listening, there are hostels in the United States. So you could totally, you know, get your bearings, stay at some hostels here in America and then build yourself up like to staying at a hostel in Europe. Um, Obviously Mm -hmm. you probably didn't do a whole lot of travel in the United States then. You just kind of beelined it across the water. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the U.S. as much traveling is like, I think that I've, well, I did some stuff with my family as a kid visiting like cousins and stuff in Colorado and Florida and all that. But I really haven't traveled the U.S. much. I've like road tripped New England with friends and stuff, gone camping in Vermont and that sort of thing. But I have almost no travel experience in the U.S. Everything's been over here or in Asia. Because what's next for you? You're getting your master's and then you'll probably live over there, right? Yeah. I don't think I'm (laughs) coming back to the U.S. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I want to touch on maybe the things that you miss or whatever, because I think a concern people would have like, oh my gosh, I would love to live in the Czech Republic, but I can't leave my friends, family, the comforts of home or whatever. So quickly, like how often do you come home? How do you deal with being homesick? How do you deal with like maybe the fear of missing out on a life here? 
I think the hardest was, well, I'm really glad that I left when I did going to college because, you know, that was like a time where everybody was going through a big change. All my friends were going to different universities. It wasn't like, like my whole friend group from high school, we all went to different universities. None of us went to the same place. And like, yeah, people would go home on weekends sometimes, but for the most part, we all were like pretty far away and we didn't really, I, I didn't feel like I was missing out on most stuff because it wasn't my friend group doing things still. It's not like I had my established friend group that I left. So I think that was a really, you know, a big help, but I definitely saw like my friends going to frat parties and stuff. And it was like, oh my God, like that's like a really formative, like American experience going to frat parties and being in sororities. And I was kind of nervous that that was like something I was missing out on. But at the same time, I was like, okay, but last weekend I went to Italy and I got to go to like a speakeasy. So that was like my kind of, you know, reassurance that this is a really cool experience and I can go home for Christmas and go to, you know, college parties on my Christmas break and get that experience, but I don't need to have it every weekend. And so that like definitely made me feel like I wasn't missing out so much. And as time went on, like I really realized like this is, you know, the life for me, like I'm happy with this and this like, this is definitely more of like a me space over here. But with like missing stuff, I think in my first year, I definitely missed like, you know, I miss my family and there were always these like weird little things where it would be like, oh, like I really want like hint of lime Tostitos and stuff like (laughs) random foods. It was always food. I always wanted food. But, you know, after being here for a while, I there's very few things that in the US I'm like, damn, I really miss that. Like, honestly, I think the biggest thing is Burt's Bees. They don't sell Burt's Bees over here. And I, I bring packs of like 12 Burt's Bees back every time I come here. But Other than that, there are very few things that I like really, really miss in the US, but I go home, I go home like in usually a little bit in the summer. Last summer, I didn't go home because of COVID, but I usually go home for Christmas and I go home a little bit in the summer. I'll probably go home for like a week this summer. And your parents and siblings have visited you out there. If you, my mom is here right now. She is? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. She just got here a few days ago for my graduation. So she's visiting right now. That is so fun. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's so nice. I think we have a couple more questions. We'll let you hop off, spend some time with your mom. So I wanted to ask you, what words do you live by? I know you've said, if you want it, go get it. Do you want to kind of explain that mentality that you have? Yeah. So I kind of have these like, I always feel like I'm kind of balancing between like the, if you want it, go get it. But also like, if it's meant to be like, it'll come to you. And I think that, you know, the, if you want it, go get it sort of mentality is especially about like, you know, when I moved abroad, it was almost like I was kind of in this, when I applied, I was in this like mental space of like, if it's meant to be, it'll be, but it was kind of a little bit toxic at that time. Cause I was like, I was so lazy with my applications, like deadlines kept passing. And I was like, Oh, like it's not meant to be, but really I was like, just being lazy. I was like, why like apply, go for it. Just do it. Like, I think I was really afraid of like getting rejected from universities. And I really was like scared of that. So I finally just pushed through and applied to AAU and, you know, going for that and like making it happen is definitely like the best decision I've ever made by far, like the hands down best decision. And And if I just kind of like let that pass and was like scared by, you know, what could happen and, you know, what was going to happen living abroad, like all there's so many fears when you're moving abroad. And if I let that kind of take over me, then I would not be having like the life that I have now, which has been just like I'm very happy with. So definitely like that, you know, go get it, like work really hard. Like I especially these past few months with like my thesis being due and my exams and uh, applying for my uh, grad school, all of that. I've been in this like go get it, like just 
go do it and make those things happen. Because if you just kind of wait for things to happen, like you're never going to move abroad unless you go and create a reason for you to be over there. Cause it's, it's not, the opportunity won't come to you. You know, like there's very few times that the opportunity will just land in your lap. Like you got to create that opportunity for sure. That's really good advice. Okay. Um, one last question and then thanks. we'll let you get back to living your life over there. Okay. What makes a good <laughs> friend to you? A good friend. Oh, um, definitely someone who is willing to try new things and travel and like be out of their comfort zone for sure. I think that when I was living in Malaysia, we were all on exchange for the most of us and we got along so well. And it's just because we were all the kind of people who would push ourselves out of our comfort zone and push ourselves to try new things. We were all the kind of people who, you know, would take that leap to go to Malaysia for six months and live there. And it takes like a certain kind of person to do that. And those are people like I just clicked with so fast. It was like definitely shared interests and people who will push you to try new things as well. And then also I'd say like loyalty. I think that that's really important. And, you know, people who will be there for you and watch over you and check in. I love that. Great answer. Love that. Well, I feel like we could stay on here and ask you a million yeah. questions. You are so interesting <laughs> and awesome. So we really appreciate you coming on. Plug your socials. Um, she has a very large TikTok following and it's growing <laughs> rapidly. So if you guys have mm-hmm. tons more questions about this, as I'm sure you will, go to her TikTok because it's seriously like a resource guide. You've answered so many amazing yeah. questions there. So go ahead and plug yeah. your ats and how people can find you. Yeah, um, my... How do I, I don't even, barely even know how to say my TikTok name, but it, it's, I say Schleyz, S-H-L-Y-Y-Z-Z. Um, that was, I don't know why I made that my username and now it's too late. So that's just what it is. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and then um, my Instagram is just Liza Majeski, M-I-E-Z-E-J-E-S-K-I. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I've got. If you're listening, we'll link it in the show notes and it'll also be linked on the at We're Already Friends Instagram. You'll be tagged on that post. Perfect. Thank you again. You're amazing. This was so, so much fun. Got our travel bug, raring to go, and we're feeling so inspired. So thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Already Friends. It means the world to us that you are listening, liking, subscribing, and following us on Instagram. We are really trying to build up our rating in Apple Podcasts. So if you could leave a review, we are a review and a rating. We are doing a giveaway at the end of the year for AirPod Pros. So Kara is going to tell you how you can enter that giveaway. Yes. So to be entered into this giveaway, you need to leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. Go ahead and click five-star, write a little snippet about what you're enjoying with the podcast, and then screenshot that and send it to our Instagram at we're already friends. That way you'll be entered. We'll see it. And yeah, we're doing the drawing at the end of the year. So again, thank you for your support. It really means the world to us and it lets us keep doing what we're doing. Yes. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.